With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello there, folks, and welcome to Ready to Unload, episode number 163, Part 2. So we uh, we got the connection reestablished. We talked a little bit more about the Super Bowl. We had Elwood from Indianapolis on. And then we talked a lot about Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, remembered some of his work. So check it out. Episode 163, Part 2. Thank you. There he is. Who's there? Uh, that would be me. Hi. Hi. You're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> on your own show. On your own show. I don't know what happened here because uh, my um, iPad is still working. So something went nutty with the old... Uh, did you take over the show like a boss, like the sir that you are? No. <laughs> no, it, dro- it, it dropped me too. But I called right oh. back and got right, and got right back on. And when I came back on, Elwood was sitting there. <laughs> Hi, Elwood. Oh. <laughs> He's on hold. Um so yeah, it was weird. I the the entire switchboard cleared, and when I came back on, there do, do we have Cal? Or we have no Cal. Cal is calling in right now as we speak. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we can if we can take Elwood in this fashion. Oh, would that be too much delay? This would be this would be a little difficult to do. I don't know. Let's try it. The show is that uh, anyway. Wow! Why you that? that? Yeah, don't 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 do that. There's Cal. I'm here now. Look, Cal's just gonna just... ruin it. Oh wait, is that him? <laughs> he's here. He's here, isn't he? <laughs> he's behind me. He's getting right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> I um, I I it, it appears that I am back online over here. Anyway, we, what were we talking about? Where were we? we were talking about I think Super we were Bowl? talking about it being a copycat league. <laughs> right. And the NFL must have gotten wind of what we were talking about and shut us down. <laughs> There's no other explanation. They're pretty powerful. That was actually one of the better uh, tweets that I saw during the uh, the Super Bowl. Somebody saying, I think it was Marvin Jones, <laughs> good old shade tree from the Jets, when uh, Seattle was like running away with it and like went up like 22 nothing and had totally taken over the game. He said something like, all right, now, NFL, don't turn the power off. Because good old conspiracy thinks that uh, they might have done that on purpose last year. You believe that? No. I'm not that bad. Come on now. I don't know what you believe anymore, conspiracy. (laughs) PJ, that's my new uh, that's my new nickname. My new nickname is Conspiracy. Because I believe is, that, con- is that the nickname you chose, or is that the nickname they want you to have? <laughs> you just blew my mind, my friend. Hey, what are you going to be for Halloween? I'm going to be Conspiracy. My costume comes with a tinfoil hat. Sure you are. How great would that be? That's, that's what they want you to believe. 
Who's they? You know who they are. I don't think we should have this conversation in public, guys. It's a bad idea. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be talking about this anymore. Yeah. Let's all remember who my father is. You know we're on an open line. That's right. You know this is is this an open wrong number wrong number (laughs) prank call prank call prank call. I'm going to go on hold, and maybe that will enable you to pick up Mr. Elwood. Yeah, I um, I, I uh, I'm, I'm back online here. I'm trying to call back into Skype. Once again, we're having technical difficulties. This is the radio, the Ready to Unload radio uh, program and podcast. It's the Ready to Unload phone call. It's the Ready to Unload phone call. We're phoning it in. It's like I, uh, one of those one of those creepy '80s chat lines, isn't it? Uh, is that Home Sweet Home you're playing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's boss, guys. That's boss. <laughs> he was practicing all show. He was practicing the whole show. You did very well. He was going to do a finale. Did you know that when Molly Crew used to play that in concert, they would, like, suspend the piano from wires and float Tommy Lee over the crowd like it was a big deal? He's playing a C chord. <laughs> hey, look, there's an augmented in there, so he has to move his thumb. Go easy. All right. All right. He was the drummer. Okay. You, you, Great drummer. You'd be nice I take nothing away see, from his drumming. See, now, now you've gone too far. <laughs> I think he's a really good drummer. <laughs> okay. okay. Who are we talking about, Tommy Lee Jones? Put that gun down. Put that, put that gun down now. Richard, do you want to get shot? Uh, imp- that was an improv line, by the way. Improv line. I told you that. Cal, I'm calling you back on Skype. We, uh, we, we seem to have all the flux capacitors fluxing. And, we are uh, going to rebuild this whole show. We're re- rebuilding the show from the ground up. I will, of course, edit out the space and time that was uh, missing. And uh, it's oh, Cal's back. Great. I never left. <laughs> Nikki, hi. Great. I've been here this whole time. You look good. Welcome back. It's a copycat league. <laughs> 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 Should we should we should create a starting point so it's an easy edit for you. That's a great idea. Ready? And three music cue. I'm gonna try this again. And three <laughs> You sure you're in production? I will, I'm gonna hurt you. Pick it up from it's a copycat league. How about how about Peach? How about you give us the countdown here? Give us the countdown, and do we go on three or end three? Uh, I'm just hanging up. Are we counting <laughs> up to three? One, two, three. Insulted right now. Again, you started the show insulted, and you're finishing the show insulted. You come back here. Put that gun down. You come. You come back here. Put that gun down. <laughs> Y'all come back now, you hear? Instant impression. I don't care. Richard, do you want to get shot? (laughs) 
he just did a full-on, <laughs> I think I was trying to quote that line a couple weeks ago, and I said he did a full-on Greg Luganis. <laughs> That's not the line at all. No, 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 no. But it, it could have worked. I don't know what that implies. Greg Luganis was a diver. And he jumped over know. the waterfall. He jumps off the waterfall. He's dive. He dives. He jumped over the waterfall. I don't remember that. Cal, have you been drinking? No. Like a remember? Stunt? In the fugitive. Put You're that standing there with Joey no. Pants and. I thought you were talking about Greg Luganis actually jumping over a waterfall. <laughs> I thought maybe that would have been you know like when Evil Knievel used to have those primetime specials. <laughs> Greg Luganis did that. I thought that's what you were implying. Do you remember the Greg Luganis primetime special? <laughs> Where he jumps over 1995 with, with the cliff Starring Tommy Lee Jones. Wait, did David Copperfield make the waterfall disappear? Is it that one? And they still haven't found it. After, after he jumps over it, David Copperfield then makes the waterfall disappear. Pretty was, Rich, was Rich Little in that one, too? <laughs> Correct. Pretty impressive, you guys. I didn't know that Greg Luganis went on to have like an evil Knievel-type career. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's tough to make it's tough to live off that Olympic glory. The Olympics started tonight. There you go, right there. Three, two, one. The Olympics started tonight. <laughs> and take it again in three... As soon as we said Olympics, I could see PJ like, I gotta get it, I gotta get it. Like he's been waiting all show to hit the button. <laughs> he fell down in his chair. I got it, wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on, don't put on the cat. I got the perfect thing for this. I don't know if we're, we're we gotta close the show in a couple of minutes. I don't know if we're gonna have time for Elwood. Just can say you, hi can, to him. Okay, let's just say hi. Let's just say hi. Oh. El, oh Elwood. How can you jump over a waterfall? Oh, he's not the bionic man. Oh, jeez. Hey, guys, what's up? What, uh, what what happened out there, Elwood? Oh, I don't know. Your show broke down, man. And I had to no, Google no, 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 no. 1986 Party Line to even see what that was. That's like that. 50 I'm cents left. a minute where teenagers talk to themselves and lie about everyone's the captain of the football team. Gotcha. Hey, We'll um, reimburse you for that time. Don't worry. Oh, it's that cool. was, I don't it was all waiting. our fault. All our fault. <laughs> it's okay. Softball team, you said. Did you catch that? What? That was very funny, Elwood. Um, what happened to Peyton Manning? Well, I, that's what I called to tell you about before the show broke down. Um, I one time wrote a paper on the War of 1812, and that is exactly what happened at that Super Bowl. You know, the United States went and got all the old generals from 1776 and put them back in their old jobs. They went and got all the old ships and all the old books, and they did everything exactly the way they did it in uh, 1776, and they assumed that Canada would welcome us with open arms and that Britain would be too busy with France, and we'd just waltz up there, and it was going to be a cakewalk. And guess what? It wasn't. And... uh same thing happened with Denver. While we got Peyton Manning, he knows how to play football. He knows all the old tricks. He knows all the old ways. We're going to get in there and with these old timers and people who are a little too old and a little too overweight, and we're going to just waltz in there on these young people. 
And it's just like the American Army with all those old fossils. I mean, took their rheumatism medicine and their water bottles into battle. And that's exactly what happened. Seattle's a new team with a new way of thinking, with a new quarterback who does stuff different. Their fans were there in droves because this is Seattle's first Super Bowl. It was a big deal to them. Um, they just got outgunned. They weren't prepared. They just, it just got blown out of the water. And it was really sad to see. But you saw the uh, new wave of football beating the old way, you know. Peyton Manning is uh, today, and Russell Wilson's tomorrow, and tomorrow won. You know, like I said, it's just like the War of 1812. You know, let's get the general. Let's go up to Canada and say, we are going to bring you democracy, which, by the way, they shot that general off his horse, the Canadian. <laughs> they, but, did. Uh, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So I'm trying to say, I think that's kind of what happened with uh, the Broncos. You know, we're okay. Pey- I know Peyton very well. I was at his first game at the Hoosier Dome. Yeah, folks, I said Hoosier Dome. And uh, it, he kind of went in there and did things the Peyton Manning way, which everyone knows what the Peyton Manning way is. You know, nobody knows what the Russell Wilson, who knows how a quarterback is his second year. You know, good Lord, I love watching Andrew Luck because I have no clue what this kid's going to do next. I used to be able to set up there and predict everything Peyton was going to do. You know, so, I, you know, guys, it doesn't surprise me at all that Denver lost. When I saw Luck carve up Peyton in the uh, Lucas Oil that time, I thought, oh, mm-hmm. he's going to have a problem if he gets a young quarterback. You know, he can handle Tom Brady. He can handle Aaron Rodgers. He can handle the other old farts, you know, but these new quarterbacks, and by new I mean like three years or less, he's got a problem with them. And it all kind of came down the way I didn't put any money on Denver, but I didn't bet for Seattle. I just didn't bet at all because I thought, I don't like these odds. And uh, I kind of was right. You know, I'm a little too much of a Peyton Manning homer. I mean, you, you're not a Colts fanatic like me and not love the guy. It's just kind of ingrained right. in you. But it doesn't surprise me a bit, guys. I, the, the Broncos were not prepared for that, you know. And, you know, Peyton always had everyone be quiet. He always had the crowd trained, you know. He'd raise his hands. I'm sure you've seen it on TV and we'd all get quiet. You know, we all, you know, it's and Peyton doesn't like to play in the cold. You know, he always wanted the dome closed, and you know, and Indianapolis could never have an open air stadium while he was quarterback. You know, and I thought, oh boy, it's cold, it's loud, it's a young quarterback. He can't watch hours of film on, and even if he did, it wouldn't really tell him much because he's evolved. I thought it, it, the whole thing was just doomed. Like I said, it was like the War of eighteen twelve. You know, I, it was um, a bad idea from day one. I uh, I actually have some experience, first-hand experience, in seeing Peyton Manning get beat like that, as I was at the 41 to nothing trouncing that the New York Jets handed Peyton Manning and his Colts in 2002 with a young quarterback named Chad Pennington at the helm. I was at that game, and of course that's a that's a young Peyton Manning with a young team uh, learning how to win. Um, and he, he had an awful day that day. But th- there was no sort of stopping the Jets that day. They were just on fire, and everything they did on offense sort of worked. Um, this was one of those games. I don't think Denver's defense did anything to help Peyton Manning. And also, you know, it seemed by seemed by the second, you know, second quarter, uh, you know, by the third or fourth drive that, that Peyton was starting to see ghosts a little bit in the pocket. I mean, they were getting pressure with three or four guys. It's not even like they were blitzing a lot. And um, and he sort of uh, was doing un-Peyton Manning-like things, like even the interception, which, you know, the, the, the guy hit his arm and stuff. I've seen Peyton Manning 
basically take the sack in that situation so many times and not throw that ball and, and also not ever take a big hit. You know, be smart enough to know that the play is dead, that, that you know, the pressure uh, is, is too great in his face and he has nowhere to go or slide up in the pocket and just take the hit and go down. I mean, he did it against the Jets when they beat them in the, uh, in the championship game a few years ago um, so many times so smartly that once I saw him throw that pass, even though it was deflected and returned for the touchdown, I said, this is just, this is just not his day. It just does not look like him. And um, I, was, I was pretty surprised. Uh, like I said, uh, Elwood, before we got uh, cut off, it, didn't, it looked like basically the Broncos' offense was just like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to keep doing what we're doing, and you go ahead and stop it. We're not going to change anything up. We're not going to try anything different. And, um, and Seattle was like, well, we're going to go ahead and stop you. Yeah, I agree totally. Like I said, uh, that's why I said the parallel. You know, we're going to do it the way we did in 76. And it'll work again in 12. No, it won't. That's right. No, it's a, it's a great yeah. analogy. Absolutely. It is. Yeah, I, I, it was so scary. I kept getting flashbacks. I saw so many similarities. We'll get those old boats out we use. They'll work again. We'll get that general. He's a good Well, he's 93. We'll get him back out there. He's got experience. Okay. You know, and I thought, Peyton, you've got to change up. You've got to adapt. But, you know, I think there's a reason why quarterbacks should go out gracefully in their late 30s. You know, it, it, physically, it's so demanding for them to play. And then mentally, they have to almost rethink the game. I mean, football evolves. The football we watch now is not our dad's football or our grandpa's football. Not you even know, our it, football from childhood. Not, not, yeah, to be truthful, yeah. It's not like baseball where it's eternal. You know, I mean, football is an evolving game. And even with sports medicine and stuff, I was joking. Go back and look at a bodybuilder from the 30s. We just call that a guy who eats a lot of red meat right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, sure. even I mean, sports evolve and football's evolve. I mean, Andrew Luck is a beast. I mean, this guy, he's doing stuff I never saw Peyton do his second year. And um, it's just the nature of the game. And I just think Peyton got swept away. And I think Peyton puts a lot of pressure on himself. He's got himself psyched up that his brother has two rings, so he should have two rings. I'm sure they're a very competitive family, and I'm sure he thinks this is his last shot, which it could be. I mean, the man only has, I'll be extremely generous and say he has four years left. Well, your odds of going to a Super Bowl are astronomical, especially when you only got four more tries at it. Yeah. You know? and, and I think, now that's, he's got I think that's extremely generous. I'm, and, I'm, and I admit that, but yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give it to him for the sake of argument. And... I just don't think he's going to make it back. And you also got the jinx. You know, there's two jinxes. You'll win in the Super Bowl, being runner-up in the Super Bowl, and hosting the Super Bowl. It kind of jinx you for the next year. So right. now he's got that. And I just don't. I think he just overpsyched himself. Because, honestly, having two rings from different teams would trump two rings. I mean, nobody's ever did it. But then again, there's a reason why nobody's ever did it. It's difficult. I mean, to go to a whole other city, a whole other team, a whole other way of doing things, a whole other group of people – and to get to a Super Bowl and win it, I mean, that's a Herculean effort. You know, I mean, it's like hosting a Super Bowl and having your team in it. I mean, it's just Herculean. What it takes out of a city to host a Super Bowl is phenomenal. You know, even well, on maybe the host that's why team. Been done. Yeah. No, and there, there's reasons why things have never been done. They're not easy. And I just don't – I think Peyton just was doomed from day one. But we all love the guy, and he's an American hero, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, he, him and Tom Brady are the best that ever played, and – Tom Brady isn't likable. He is, you know. Right. It's just that's just the way it happens. But you know, 
I, I, I'm too much of a Peyton Homer to admit it, but I kind of saw it coming. I thought this this uh, Wilson kid's got a shot at this. And I think right. the stars kind of aligned for Seattle because that's not an exceptional team. Wilson's not an exceptional quarterback. I'm being very careful not to use any negative terms because they aren't. They're very good, but they're not excellent. We're not looking at a dynasty team here, folks. And we're right. not looking well, at a perpetual – we're not looking at the next Pittsburgh Steelers with roomfuls of trophies and, you know. Yeah. But, well, listen, you know, wait, Elwood, the one, one last thing before you go. How was the party? Excellent, guys. Awesome. Yeah. People loved my Skittles drink. You know, that was ingenious. You know, I, I probably ought to go online and get it. But, yeah, party went great. Everybody was a little down in the dumps. But the page has turned in this town. This is Andrew Luck's town. It is not Peyton Manning's town. And I tell you what, people were kind of sad, but nobody was really upset or numb or anything. You know, it's like, eh. Luck could have pulled us back from 30 below, you know, or something. But people kept talking about how what luck would have did or how luck would have handled it. So it, it kind of was interesting. You know, people had a good time and people weren't too upset. I, I, I You know what? Indianapolis belongs to Andrew Luck. I, I'm starting to realize that now. You know? I bet you. I bet you we'll see him in that game in in the next. I, I would say I, in the next five years. You know what? The kids got a lot of years to go, and I have no doubt that we're going to see Andrew Luck in the yeah. Super Bowl before he retires. Yeah, you know? if he's if if he stays healthy, I I don't think there's any I'm, doubt. I that, don't. Yep. Yep. I, I think you'll the see him there in the next few team, years. You know, as soon as he's thrown to somebody a little bit better than Kobe Fleener, we're going to see some amazement out wow. of him. Wow. Hey, don't rip on Fleener. Come on now. I like Fleener, but he's not. You know, he, he's okay as a backup, but not your main man. So uh, <laughs> they're, de- they're <laughs> oh, developing together. Yes, you too, Elwood. Elwood, we'll talk to you soon, and we'll definitely talk to you around the draft. See Young in there. Good man. That Elwood. He did. We are in uh, penalty time. Right. I feel like we have like 10, 15 minutes here because I'm going to edit the show. So what do you want? You want to do a fun load? I do. Well, I, I don't know if we can call it a fun load. I want to bring the bishop. It's just bishop, right, when we're not addressing him directly? You want to bring bishop in... To discuss something, and then the bishop welcome back in. Right. So let's welcome bishop back in. Any? He- Hello, the bishop. Are Hello. you there? Or is he still insulted? <laughs> so sensitive tonight. So sensitive. Uh. Elwood uh, is good news. We, we, we did need to button that. I'm glad you finished up that episode of... of uh, there was there was like a we had like a a three episode arc with Elwood that we needed to finish up tonight. <laughs> he really does work Andrew Luck into any conversation. He really does. We were talking about my taxes the last time. <laughs> right. Somehow Andrew Luck. I made some hors d'oeuvres and they were delicious. But let me tell you, Andrew Luck knows his way around a canapé. <laughs> a can of paint. A can of peas. A can of peas. A can of peas. Listen, uh, the bishop. There it is. <laughs> Frankie Why Five Angels. Frankie Five Angels. Um, it, honestly, Peach, I don't know if you want to do a fun load here uh, and talk about, um, you know, what we were talking about earlier. Some of the poor poor songs we covered in cover bands or i, I think i think you wanted i think you wanted to talk about uh, philip seymour hoffman maybe a little bit because 
this one really, uh, this loss was a real gut punch. It really was. You actually broke that one for me. Cal broke Ralph Kiner for me today, and then I saw your post on Facebook. Um, literally, you were uh, you were very uh, quick on the trigger there. Just some thoughts, maybe about uh, perhaps where he stands in well, your. You know, one of the things I'm noticing is, you know, when, usually when if somebody dies and they're an addict, um. There's, there's somebody somewhere who's got to start talking sideways about, you know, well, when, why do we glamorize these people and why do we give them the time of day? And uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's not getting that negative press. Well, you know I think I mean, he, like, I, mean he, I think he, I think there was some of that, uh, or at least I saw in social media, there was some of that, but it's, it's tempered, or it's been tempered, that I've seen. And this, I think, speaks to what a kind of beloved guy he was within... It's about the 50th use of beloved today. But what respected. a what a well-respected and a really, you know, um, sort of a beloved's fine. Guy he was <laughs> within, within the acting... Yeah, within the acting community and within the... Um, the circles that he existed in, where people yeah, are coming out, and yeah, and people are coming down and, and coming out and sort of tamping that down and being like, "Look, this isn't." Yes, we're, we're not glorifying the fact that he was a heroin addict. We're trying to celebrate an artist who was a master at his craft, while also painting him as a cautionary tale and talking about it and talking about addiction and talking about that specific addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't have to be what, you know, we're glamorizing it or uh, glamorizing. That yes. just did not sound right coming out of my you mouth. Glamorize no, the... your eye before E. What are you doing? <laughs> Grammarized. You've been glamorized. <laughs> There's a comma there. You've been glamorized. Yeah, I, I I think it it does sort of make the case that the guy was universally liked. Um, if you could give me a if you could give me a top five for him, Peach, I think that's. I, I think well, that's. Well, you know, I think the, the I don't know about top five. The well, the number one for me is just I cannot get over what he did in Magnolia. Okay. Um, and I think that he's and he's the reason I think that Tom Cruise didn't win for Magnolia. Right. Because in any in any other field, um, you know, or you look look if you're looking at the, the performances that year, Tom Cruise's performance in Magnolia was stunning. It was unbelievable. It was like, where did this come from with this guy? But. He had to share screen time with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. And and when you have two grown men doing these unbelievably emotional scenes, and and it, and it and it comes down basically to like a cry off where they're both crying around the dying old man. Uh, suddenly Philip Seymour Hoffman owns the room. Yeah. You know, and it's. It's it's one of the most 
touching, empathetic, just crazy good performances that comes out of nowhere. Because, you know, you, you never start watching a movie and, and, and think that, well, oh, I'm going to really relate to this male nurse. <laughs> you know? But, it, you know, character is so human and so fragile. Um, it's just, it, completely incredible. So Magnolia is, is a high number one. I think there's something interesting and fascinating to me in his work that we've talked about a bit on the show over the four years when we've talked about actors and or who's in the you know the the heavyweights and stuff and and you talk about a guy like an actor like Al Pacino who is always Al Pacino and one of the theories that like, I can't not see Al Pacino when he's in a movie. As good as he may be in that particular role, I still see Al Pacino there. And one of the things, one of my favorite pet theories is certain actors have remained believable in parts because they, and I'm talking about leading men, which Philip Seymour Hoffman wasn't necessarily a leading man. He was a character actor, but he was a character actor who could carry a movie and be, you know, be a leading man without leading man looks. Um, that by keeping a low profile and or by choosing roles wisely like Edward Norton does or like Johnny Depp has done for a long time, you can keep... Right. You can keep um, the believability of you in the particular role that you're playing that once you become a certain level of quote-unquote movie star, you lose. And then you're just that guy playing a character in a movie, and you may be great at it, but I go to see the movie, I still can't lose the fact that you're that guy. Right. Then you're like, oh, look, De Niro's a nun. Oh, look, De Niro's wearing diapers. That's oh, exactly look, right. De Niro's doing that. And he's a nun. I want to see that movie. Um, and Philip Seymour Hoffman never lost that, Ever. And Bill Simmons said this, and, and I totally agree, and, and he had uh, Chris Connolly on, and they were talking about um, they were talking about this idea, and, and I'm not sort of cribbing it at all. I, I, it's an expansion of something that I've talked about for 10 years. Cal, we've talked about it on the show and stuff, uh, and Peach, we've talked about it as well. He was uh, – one of the things they talked about, he was never afraid of what the character actually looks like. There's a complete lack of self-consciousness, whether it be physical and or in deed or action for a character. There's a complete lack of self-consciousness about that in any character he played. He didn't care what the character looked like at all. And what the performance looked like, as long as it was true to the yeah boogie nights, or you know before the before before the devil knows you're dead. I mean, holy mackerel! Holy, I saw that movie in the theater and I was like, oh my, oh boy, oh boy. This guy does not care what he physically and or indeed what his character does. If it's true to the character, he does it, and he looks like it, and he just. That's it. He's in. He commits. He he. It's 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 an utter commitment, and it's an 
utter commitment with complete lack of concern about what it looks like. And that's really hard for an actor to do. Yeah. And I just, I, it, it, you know, it hit me on Sunday, and then over the last 48 hours, I've been up a lot with the baby, because he's not sleeping. And so a lot of time on the iPad there, you know, rocking him to sleep and stuff, and just reading more and more and remembering and being like, oh, he was in that, oh, he was in that movie. Oh, my gosh, I totally forgot he was in that movie. Oh, my gosh, so good in that movie. I remember the first time seeing Boogie Nights, though, and just, you can't, you can't. You can, that that scene where he shows him the car. And, Unbelievable. And, I mean, it's 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 staggering. It's, it's it was absolutely staggering. Now, you 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 couldn't wait to see what the guy did next. Yeah. And yeah. that's 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 throwing out the he's. I think this is one of the reasons, well, one of many reasons, Gandolfini was. Um such a huge loss as well is that from a theater standpoint you lost a complete heavyweight in in Philip Seymour Hoffman I mean if he was a character actor in the movies he was a total Broadway right now theater leading man yeah yeah it just sucks you know incidentally (laughs) uh, Cruz brought him into the that Mission Impossible sequel. Which he's great in, by the way. Which he's great, right? He's playing a, he's playing a super bad guy. Yeah, and fantastic. Uh, just so they could do more scenes together. I mean... <laughs> right, and basically Obviously, like... Tom Cruise has a lot of respect. Like, plays Cruise playing himself, like, fantastic. Yeah. Utter commitment. I thought Capote was... Did you like Capote, Cal? It was all right. I, I had a hard time getting into it. Okay. I know a lot of people that don't love that movie, but love the performance. Yeah, I, well, you have that's to... That's exactly how I'd put it. Right. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen The Master yet. It's been on my list to see for a year. And, you know, I was busy with the children and the whatnot and just getting two hours and 45 minutes to watch a movie is, has just proven to be impossible over the last year. Conspiracy um, theory, that's about L. Ron Hubbard, but it's not, but it is, <laughs> but it's not. Oh, it is. You know, I don't, I don't need a tinfoil hat for that one. <laughs> but, um, I, I, you know, I've seen it, a number of his movies. And I've heard the same thing about The Master. Like, again, people not loving the movie, but loving the performances. And I don't know if there's another... You know, they were... They were Bill Simmons was talking about this again with William Goldman and with um, Chris Connolly. And I don't know if there's another guy like him. I don't, I don't know who fills that void. And that's sad. You were looking at... I mean, he was 46 years old. You were looking at, like, another 20 years of... At least. Yeah, at least, of, like, really... Really good work, both in film and in theater. You know, Gandolfini... You're surprised, but you're like, he's out of shape, and he had a heart attack, and he was 51 or 52, and it's terrible. It's a tragedy. He's gone too soon, but... 
you know, Hoffman's been around for 20 years. I mean, he was in Scent of a Woman in 1992. You know, he was 24 years old, 20, you know, 23, 24 years old. He's it's been, hard to yeah. believe. He's been around. Gandolfini seemed to come on the scene when he was 35. He was around before then. But yeah. He, really, he really didn't come on the scene, though, until that. Until Tony Sperano. Uh, Tony Sperano. <laughs> <laughs> Until he was offensive coordinator for an awful Jets team for the worst offense in the history of the NFL. His worst role to date. <laughs> Absolutely. He was terrible. Philip Seymour Hoffman was even great in Twister. Well, that's... that's yes. A movie that required no acting. You're right. And, and everyone else showed up to not act. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of do it. And right, he like had people... a character. People took people took those roles. Actors took roles in that movie specifically so they could take a movie off. Right, <laughs> it's a paid vacation. It's like Bill Paxton's like, you know what? I'm going to do this movie Twister. I don't. I'm not even there. I'm not even there. <laughs> and I remember seeing that movie, and I'm like, there he is. Yeah, that guy. I had I had seen him do an off Broadway play the year a year earlier, and. And then you put Twister and Boogie Nights together, they're in the same year, and you're like, this guy's... I mean, Scotty, uh, oh, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't take him with the car. I can't. This is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, wow. How do you play uh, humiliation on screen? It's crazy. Exactly. I and mean, utter and complete... Humiliation, stealing the movie, stealing the movie. Right. Ah, just so good, so so good. I love him in State in Maine. You know, there's just a, there's a great mammoth movie. Yeah. It's just so, he's perfect. He was really just perfect. I wish I had seen him in. Obviously, I wish I had seen him in Death of a Salesman. On Broadway, but yeah, you know, what was he? Forty-four years old, doing Death of a Salesman. <laughs> How ballsy is that? I mean, that's that's you got to have supreme confidence in yourself and supreme confidence as a director. And now you know what? Now, guys, like I'm reading all sorts of things about like what, he was sober for 22 years, and then he had a drink at the rap party for the master, and that turned into a lot of drinks and that steered him off sobriety and just yeah sad it, it it really is and i and i and again i don't think there's anybody that takes that mantle i really don't you know that's somebody that's been around for since they were in their mid-20s or something like that that's a guy like that i don't know Yeah. Yeah. And, no and, one pops and, into my head. Nope. The guy that Simmons and and um. How about Zach and, Braff? Zach Braff. Braff. <laughs> He's gonna be on Broadway, you know. How about he is. that? How about that Zach Braff? He is. They made a musical out of uh, not Broadway. Danny Rose. Uh, Bullets over Broadway. Bullets, Bullets over Broadway. Broadway. Right. Yeah. Which I, I read that he was, which is my favorite Woody Allen movie. That and Annie Hall are completely neck and neck. Broadway, Danny Rose is third. 
I love bananas. You do really? <laughs> love bananas. So How? stupid, but oh, it's bananas is magnificent. Cracks me up. Um, are we allowed to talk about Woody Allen, or is that we can? Yes, we just can't talk about what he does. The other, all the other stuff happening. Right. No, that does that. We ignore that. Are we allowed to still like his movies, guys, or can I get a ruling on this? Uh, I still like O.J. Simpson and Naked Gun. <laughs> and P.J. nails it. You. If I can still like Nordberg, I can still like Woody Allen movies. Can have you rented a car at Hertz or no? <laughs> no. You refuse to. So then, there you have it. Nurse, get this man some drugs. Heroin. That's a pretty tall order, Nordberg. You'll have to give me a few weeks on that. <laughs> I love you. I love you too, Nordberg. All right. Um, Why let's do you have it. that movie memorized? Because it's magnificent, fantastic. It's just, it's just so mind blowing to think, in hindsight, O.J. Simpson playing that role. <laughs> I love you too, Nordberg. <laughs> crazy. That's a pretty tall order, Nordberg. You'll have to give me a few days on that one. <laughs> It's just so oh, good. silly. Yes. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Shall we? Fine. So soon? <laughs> A tight 258. <laughs> it's tomorrow. <laughs> PJ, final unload. Is this a radio son? <laughs> I am starting to to eat, breathe, read, and sleep Game of Thrones again. The new season is coming in April. And I've got the books here, bedside, and I'm rewatching the series. And uh, man, if you're if, if if you got a chance to get into it, if you haven't gotten into it yet, go watch the first three seasons. Incredible. You will not be sorry. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Cal, how much money have we raised? Do me a favor. Call this number right now. Our operators are standing by. We've got Molly Shannon on the phones tonight. <laughs> if you call now, you'll get an RTU tote bag. Oh, wait. Come on. Is Stay it with a... us. we got 16 more hours. <laughs> is it a handsome RTU tote bag? We are going all night. This is starting. Cal, final unload. Uh, we got a trade alert. Steve, trade alert. New York Islanders have made a trade. The New York Islanders have traded Pierre-Marc Bouchard and Peter Regan to the Chicago Blackhawks for a 2014 fourth-round pick. Hot. Trade alert. You broke it right here. Broke it in half. The little pieces. And my final unload is uh, Ralph Kiner. We will miss you a great deal. Philip Seymour Hoffman. We will miss you a great deal. And uh, stinky week for that stuff. So let's have a better week next week. And also uh, be careful out there because it's Hill Street Blues. We have 22 more hours of the show. Um <laughs> 
J is going to be reading us his high school poetry. <laughs> Rosen Gardens, let's go to the tote board. <laughs> good night, guys. Ah, good morning. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.